0: welcome back this is the best college football pick'em pod in the land we're coming to you from bellyupsports.com and this is a pick'em rewind he is alan denton i am thomas black alan how are you I'm feeling better than a Pennsylvania vote counter, my friend. I'm doing good. It's been a long couple of days, right? (laughs) Yes, it has. (laughs) Oh, man. For those of you who aren't aware, Alan and I are recording on Wednesday nights when we do these podcasts. So uh, it has been a long couple of days. Yesterday, of course, being Election Day and uh, today being the day that everything's being counted up. So, of course, still waiting on results from the polls. But, you know getting a leaning toward every, how everything is uh, is going at this point. So it'll be nice when it all wraps up, man.
1: Yeah, it really will. I'm, I'm, I definitely have some post-election fatigue.
0: I do too, man. I didn't sleep the best last night. I kind of woke up really early this morning and my brain was just kind of wired. So I was awake. So I decided, hey, what the heck? I'm just going to read what's going on. I'm going to find out what kind of results are coming in, that kind of thing. And I was up for I don't know, an hour and a half or so this morning. And then finally went back to sleep and got some sleep. But I, I'm kind of dragging at this point. Oh
1: yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, dude. It, I was up to like twelve forty-five last night, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to be decided tonight. And <laughs> I'm like, I just gotta I gotta get some sleep. But uh, it's it's fascinating to watch. It
0: sure is. Alan, let's go ahead and jump into it with the Pick'em Rewind. What we do each week is we look back at the previous week's action in the Pick'em Contest and we tell you kind of what we had going on on our slates We tell you where we can correct things going forward, the lessons we learned, and we're going to do that as we go through. So before we jump into that, let's take a look at the leaderboard because, Alan, some things went down with the leaders this weekend. Garrett, our overall leader in the contest, had another solid week. He came away with 82 points. That was a tie for third place overall in the weekly contest. He leads the pack with 437 points. Cameron, in second place, had a solid week as well. He had a top 10 finish, tied for seventh with 79 points. Uh, but that means that Garrett pulled away from him just a little bit more, picked up three points on Cameron. Cameron sits there with 428 points, nine points off the lead. So, Allen, we obviously have two guys that are really in contention for the grand prize as we move through their way through the contest. Uh, but these guys have not taken weeks off. They've done a really, really solid job.
1: Yeah, they have even got the both of them even got the Texas game right, um, which was a huge swing game. And so they've been they've been really tough to catch, consistent each week, which is what you got to be.
0: Absolutely, they have built themselves a little bit of a cushion, and this is the type of week that we're heading into that that can really come to their advantage. So the rest of the pack, we're going to look at it now, Alan. It was a huge week for me. I came away with my first weekly win. I got 85 of the 105 points available. That was huge for me, but like we just documented, I didn't even gain that much that many points on the leaders. So, it helped me in context of gaining points on everybody in the contest, but I didn't pick up all that much ground. I went 10 and 4 in my week. I moved from 6th place to 3rd overall. And I was 19 points back heading into the weekend. I'm 16 points back now. So that gives you some context. You know, Garrett is up there with 437 points. He's got a nine point cushion to second place and 16 points all the way back to third. It's pretty impressive what they've done.
1: Yeah, it really is. And kudos on, I mean, you had a, obviously you were the best of the bunch last week. So kudos to you,
0: dude. I appreciate it, man. Hey, you didn't have as strong a week, but I don't think you were hurt all that bad. Alan, you wrapped up in a tie for 16th in the pack over the weekend. You came away with 74 of the 105 points available, going nine and five in your picks. And because of that, you went from fourth place in the contest back to fifth. But hey, you and I here on the show, were are both in the top five. That's a really solid spot to be. You were 13 points back heading into the weekend, and now you're 21 points back. So Alan... Uh, even though it didn't go great for you, I think you have to be pretty s- pleased still to have not dropped back too far, I don't think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. After, honestly, a pretty poor week. I went 0 for 2 in my value picks last week, and both of those hurt a good bit. And um, so I think that's something to, to kind of move forward from, and I've got to get back
0: on, the, back on it this week and, and pull within 15 or so. Alan, one other thing that we have to document is, again, we've got to keep everybody apprised of what we have going on with the contest and the prizes that are associated. One of those being that if anybody is able to walk away with a perfect score, then your name's going to be entered into a drawing. Last month, that was for a prize pack from Manscaped. This month in November, we've got something new for you. It's coming from a sponsor of Belly Up Sports, and that is Hoff & Pepper. Now, what they provide are hot sauces. This is legit, man. They've got a bunch of stuff. We've got a prize pack. If anybody is able to come away with that perfect score during a week, then they're going to have their name entered into a prize pack that's worth 50 bucks. That includes the Hoff Sauce, the Mean Green, the Smokin' Ghost, The Wake Up Call, and Hoff's Barbecue. So they've got some fancy stuff. It's legit looking. Alan, I'm not too big into hot sauce. If I'm correct, I don't think you are, but I know some people that would love this stuff. And what's cool is you can find this stuff all across the country. They've broadened their brand all around, West Coast, East Coast, and everywhere in between. But the really cool thing for you and me that we can take note of is that Hoff & Pepper was founded right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, well, how about
1: that? Look at some hometown hot sauce.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, that'll be good, man.
0: So that is what you're playing for, Alan. I went 10-4 and 4 this week this past week. Like I said, I had the top score, but we actually had a couple of people outdo me in the picks going 11-3. and Your wife, Lauren, was one of them. Uh, So we had a couple of people that kind of got close, uh, but there were just a few too many upsets along the way.
1: Exactly. Just a a couple along the way. Everybody, pretty much except for Lauren, picked um, Michigan. And then um, you know, like we said, a couple too many upsets with Oklahoma State going down, UNC going down. Um, it was just tough to overcome those.
0: All right, Alan, let's go ahead and jump into the slate that we saw and evaluate kind of how our picks went as we worked our way through the weekend. First, let's start off with a couple of games that were kind of convincing in their own way. We had Georgia defeating Kentucky and Lexington 14-3, to and we had Cincinnati rolling Memphis forty nine to ten. do you have anything to take away from either one of those matchups?
1: I think Georgia was caught kind of looking ahead a little bit to be honest with you. Um, Kentucky really never had a legitimate chance in that game in, in that like though they were only down fourteen to three, that game never felt all that close. Right, you didn't think they could score more than ten points on them, and Cincinnati was maybe the most impressive team of the week.
0: Yeah, and when you're looking at this Georgia Kentucky matchup, I agree completely with you. I slid, I slid Georgia up to a twelve on my board because I was going, man, this might be a close game, and it kind of was. Uh, but I knew that there wasn't going to be much of a chance for Kentucky to win. I was with you. I thought I'm trying to figure out before the game, going, what can Kentucky actually score in this game? And I was going three, six. Maybe 10. And I was thinking, man, 10 might be if the defense scores for them or if the defense sets them up on a short field because I knew that Kentucky offense wasn't going to do much. And now now they've had four straight games with less than 300 yards of offense.
1: Ooh, man.
0: It's a tough one. Alan, uh, we had both of us had Cincinnati. I took Cincinnati at a six. I really thought they were starting to roll, and I like their defensive matchup against Memphis's offense, but it went even better than I could have expected with that 39 point win.
1: Oh, they were absolutely dominant versus Memphis. And, you know, the reason I put them a little lower is Brady White's a, a pretty good quarterback, and, and they've been pretty decent and normally can score points on just about anybody. But um, Desmond Ritter was was incredible today. Like, if you get the bad Desmond Ritter, then it's a it's normally a much closer game, you know?
0: Of course. Alan, a couple other games we had in the early slot. This early slot, man, it was good to me. Uh, not as much for you. You mentioned it with one of your value picks. We had Kansas State falling to West Virginia 37-10. to Never a chance for the Wildcats in that one. And we had the upset... Of the day, Michigan State defeating Michigan in the Big House. Oh man, Kansas State just—they totally laid an egg.
1: And um, so kudos to you because you had West Virginia pretty high, um, about midway up the board. So that ended up being a really big pick for you. Um, yeah, Kansas State didn't even show up, and and then for Michigan, I I really began to wonder on Friday night after uh, Minnesota lost. Yes to maryland i'm like was that game the week before did that have more to do with minnesota than it did michigan and as it turns out it most certainly did
0: dude that was huge and uh i didn't follow any of that minnesota game on friday night Kristen and i were busy with a couple of things and so i hadn't really seen anything on it and then i opened up twitter at bedtime and i went whoa Minnesota just lost to Maryland. What in the world happened? So I started digging around a little bit. And already on my board, this was a big one for me because, yeah, I had Michigan like just about everybody else in the group. I lost that pick. Uh, But going into Friday night, I had Michigan at a 10, whereas a lot of people had them at 10 or even higher. And then after I looked at Minnesota's loss to Maryland, they gave up 675 yards to the Terrapins. (laughs) And I went, whoo, I th- I had the exact same thought as you. I thought, I, man, I don't know about this Michigan team after that. And I studied Michigan State's loss to Rutgers. They had seven turnovers. Uh, offensively, they were decent in that game, apart from the turnovers. And defensively, they were pretty good. So I was just sitting there going, man, this game might end up being kind of close. And I decided to bump them down one more spot. So I slid Michigan down to a nine, and that really paid off for me once they lost because most everybody else had them higher than me in the group. And so that was a really big play on my part, even though it was wrong. Uh, it, you know, I had this group of four in the early slot slated really in some really good spots compared to everybody else.
1: Yeah, you did. You got off to a great start. And, you know, with the, I mean, Michigan State was the better team, right? Like Michigan's cornerbacks couldn't hold up outside ricky white a true freshman from marietta georgia comes in and has an unbelievable day he he looks like he's going to be an incredible receiver for them for the years to come and he just tore them up and uh yeah they just kept kept moving the chains and uh, found a way to win that game and their defense was good enough and so Oh, it would suck to be Jim Harbaugh right now. He, he, i think, in my opinion, he's in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. And on the Michigan State front, like you said, Ricky White was a ton of fun to watch. He had some massive catches in that game, enabling the Spartans to come away with the win. Alan, let's go ahead and keep on moving through. We had Notre Dame beating Georgia Tech 31-13. to You and I both had them at a 13 on our boards, justifiably so. Everybody else probably should have had them pretty high as well. And then a squeaker... Uh, kind of in a fashion TCU raced out to a 30 to nothing win uh, a 30 to nothing lead over Baylor but then held on for a 10 point win winning 33 to 23 as Baylor came back in that game so we both had TCU at a one on that play Uh, what were your thoughts on those games
1: yeah I mean Notre Dame looked in some ways lethargic against an overmatched Georgia Tech team and and that's to But they were never, kind of like the Georgia-Kentucky game, they were never going to lose that game. Um, And then TCU, to to start, they actually looked like they wanted to be there. And I'm not sure it it looked like, it didn't look like they had wanted to be there the past couple of games. So, um, yeah, they they were much better and, and more efficient, at least in the first half offensively. And it was enough. Baylor just didn't have enough offense.
0: Yeah, Alan. Let's go ahead and keep on moving through the afternoon slate. We had LSU laying a dud on the road at Mar- at Auburn. Auburn nearly hanging a fifty burger on the board, winning forty eight to eleven. Uh, just remarkable, considering that uh, it was such a low point spread. You know, a lot of people were picking LSU to win that game. There were still a number of people on Auburn, uh, but quite a surprising finish.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, man, I, I really, I think it started going downhill to the point where just the, the, the wheels came off, right? Like if miles Brennan is in there, chances are a couple of those turnovers don't happen. You get the, you know, the near pick six and then, um, another, the fumble that's returned for the touchdown. And just like that, it's, it's 14 to three and, um at that point it felt like lsu's defense just had, pretty much quit
0: yeah auburn churned up 506 yards of offense in this game by far the best offensive uh, output they've had all year uh, and on the lsu side we saw tj finley get benched in favor of max johnson the other true freshman just trying to get something going so it'll be interesting to see what goes on with lsu down the road alan one of the best games of the weekend we had texas beating oklahoma state in overtime we've already alluded to it 41 34 what was your takeaway in that matchup
1: oh man this was an incredible game this was my favorite game of the day by far even though it was incredibly frustrating to watch having oklahoma <laughs> state at a seven because they they should have for all intents and purposes they should have won that game yeah when you, you know they had Spencer Sanders turns the ball over too many times. I mean they, they have the inexplicable roughing the kicker or roughing the punter. yeah, and 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 that allows Texas to win that game. I mean, they just they just played stupid,
0: yeah, right. and And like and, you said, Oklahoma State should have come away with this game. When you break it down and just look at the yardage, think about the advantage the Cowboys had five hundred thirty to two hundred eighty seven uh, they really dominated on the field of play outside of the blunders like you talked about
1: yeah they did i mean texas really had no business being in that game but fumbles interceptions and then a stupid roughing the punter call and, and that's the recipe that was the way that texas was going to be able to stay in that game um and they gave him short fields, and uh, and and Texas came away with it. It was a huge win
0: for Tom Herman. Like you said, you had Oklahoma State at a 7. Alan, I lucked out on this one again because, hey, my board just really lined up in a great spot this week. I had Oklahoma State as well, but I put them at a 4, and it's because of the Spencer Sanders effect. You know, I, I've yep. seen enough of this guy from his freshman season last year Even coming back this year in that Iowa State game, we talked about it. You know, he played pretty well, but he just tends to turn the ball over that's what happens in this one he had an interception he had two fumbles that were turnovers as well they were both recovered by Texas uh, you just cannot look at Spencer Sanders and go hey as exciting as, as a player he is you know he can he can make some throws to Tylen Wallace and those guys he can make some plays with his legs but he is erratic with the football sometimes and it really will come back to bite you every now and then Yep,
1: and it and it did. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure every single time that he turned the ball up, they turned the ball over, it ended up in uh, Texas territory. And so, like, uh, they were able to have a short field, and they capitalized on that enough to to be able to get it to overtime and, and then win it.
0: Alan, let's move to the evening slate. We had Alabama winning in a shutout against Mississippi State, 41-0, Texas A&M beating Arkansas, 42-31, and Oklahoma rolling Texas Tech, 62 to 28 what are your thoughts
1: all of those i never mean, was pretty much chalk kind of kind of a <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like oklahoma's figured it out a little bit right and texas a and did what they needed to do and they've not always been able to do that under jimbo fisher but really jimbo's problems has been against the the really big boys Since his time at Texas A and M,
0: yeah, it kind of felt like Texas A and M was going to be able to win that game. You know, ever I'm talking about before it started, just in making the picks, it it just didn't feel like that was ever going to be truly in doubt. Alabama, of course, just crushed Mississippi State like everybody expected. And I'm with you, man. I think Oklahoma really has figured things out. Uh, You go back to that TCU win that we had. uh, I don't remember if that was last week or the week before, uh, but when they won that game kind of big and, you know, you had thrown up some red flags saying, "Eh, I'm not sure about this one. It's going to be pretty close. I think Oklahoma really is uh, figuring out that offense and moving things along. Spencer Rattler and that offense really seem to be humming right now. So an impressive thing. kind of rhythm they're in right now and hey this is the one that really paid off for me in context with that Michigan game because I moved Michigan down Friday night from a 10 to a 9 and the team that I moved up was Oklahoma going from a 9 to a 10 so that one move bought me one extra point on the board and uh, and that those things will really pay off for you if you're looking at them closely
1: exactly over time that's a really big deal
0: Alan, let's go ahead and go through the last of the evening. We had North Carolina falling on the road to Virginia, 44 to 41. Let's go ahead and talk about this one.
1: Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with their defense, man? (laughs) It's rough. I should have remembered, uh, you know, road favorites at night. um, They're not going to play any defense. (laughs) I mean, they made uh, Florida State look like juggernauts, but, geez, please. I mean. Sam Howell shouldn't wait until they're down to play really well, but he has tended to do
0: that. Yeah. They Um, they have tried to have those comebacks both against Virginia and Florida State, uh, but both times they've come up just short in the end.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a a frustrating team to watch, to be honest with you.
0: And, Alan, the reason that I had this a little bit lower on my board, you were kind of there with me. You had North Carolina at a six. I had North Carolina at a five. Uh, I was just kind of going, ah, this defense hasn't been great. And Brennan Armstrong seemed like he was uh, in a little bit better shape since he's been banged up recently. It felt like he was going to play. And I know that Virginia has just been better with Brennan Armstrong on the on the field. So I was never going to pick Virginia to win this game. But I liked having North Carolina a little bit lower on the board just because of some of the defensive troubles they've had and because Virginia's been uh, more of a solid team with Brennan Armstrong and, and, and at quarterback.
1: Yeah, exactly. and And they were. They were. They were efficient offensively. They made the plays that they needed to make, and um, kudos to them. I mean, it's a big. This was a really big win for Virginia.
0: Did you watch any of the end of that game? Yeah, I did. <laughs> How about the fourth and three call by Bronco Mendenhall on the forty-two yard line? Talking about Virginia's forty-two yard line yep. on their minus side of the field at fourth and three. The fake punt. They convert, getting five yards on it. Uh, just the guts. go for that play because I mean I think I was thinking the exact same thing as Bronco Mendenhall just going man the way North Carolina's offense is rolling if we punt this thing to him it feels like they're probably going to tie this game at the very least send it to overtime or in the worst case scenario win so I thought a really gutsy call but tremendous play calling by Bronco Mendenhall
1: absolutely I mean that, that was that was that was pretty ballsy honestly Reminds me of uh, the Waterboy. It's all because they didn't hold anything back.
0: (laughs) Alan, as we go through the rest of the evening slate, let's look at Florida's rolling victory over Missouri, 41-17. to Because, hey, I talked about this was one of my value plays. I said slide Florida down the board. They hadn't played in three weeks. They've had a bunch of COVID issues, and they won by a bunch. So I, I don't know what happened. Uh, but I think I think you and I kind of diagnosed this game correctly. It just went the opposite way, and and the gators dominated.
1: Yeah, they were really, really quite impressive. i I did not see see that result coming, but um, yeah, they just took it to Mazoo in a in a bad,
0: bad way. And dude, the thing is, is after I saw the report after the game, I didn't hear about this before kickoff. Uh, But just to hear what Florida was missing for this game, uh, I don't know the exact number, but the report I read said they were missing more than a dozen players, more than 12, three starting defensive backs, including Marco Wilson, their star cornerback, and eight defensive backs as a whole. And you and I had talked about Connor Basilak, the Missouri quarterback, and how they had gotten things going. Florida's missing eight defensive backs. More than 12 <laughs> players as a whole, and you only put up 17 points. Like, what is going on? Florida's defense all of a sudden stood up and played a great game. And I, I just don't even know where it came from because if I got that information before kickoff and I knew about it, I would have played it the exact same way, saying, Hey, slide Florida down the board because this game does not feel safe at all. I probably would have been even tempted to pull, uh, you know, go for an upset with Missouri straight up.
1: Exactly. It's time to tell. It was time to tell Missouri, go home. You're drunk a
0: <laughs> Man, I was happy, uh, kind of like I'm alluding to. I'm, I was happy that I, I didn't get the specific details before kickoff because I really would have been tempted to go with Missouri. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I just had Florida at a low point value uh, than getting it flat out wrong. Alan, what about Ohio State against Penn State 38 to 25, a game that. Though the score, I guess, is kind of close, who's kind of right there with the spread, that game was never in doubt with the Buckeyes jumping out to an early lead and keeping Penn State at arm's length all, all game long.
1: Yeah, that was a difference, right? They, they got off to the quick start, and at, at that point, I mean, Penn State was never going to be able to catch back up, especially not in a completely empty stadium. Gosh, it was weird not to have a full-on wideout. I hated I hate that we've we've missed that this year because that's maybe my favorite game to watch of the year is when Penn State does their wide out against Ohio State or Michigan. But um yeah, I, you're right. They they didn't have the firepower to be able to, to keep up with them and, and they just don't have they didn't have an answer for um for Justin Fields and Chris Olave and, and the rest of the wide receivers.
0: Yeah, this was one of my other value plays on the week. I said to slide Ohio State up to double digits. I actually had them at an 11. Alan, you had them at an eight. I think both solid spots. Uh, But this was another one that just kind of paid off for me because I talked about it on the podcast. I just said, you know, this game might end up being kind of close, but it kind of played out how I thought it would. It felt like Ohio State was in control the entire time. Game was never in doubt. Even though there were some other blowouts, I felt good about having this one in the position that I did just because I was so sure about the Buckeyes.
1: Yeah, something that I've noticed over the past couple of years and it's kind of sad, but they there's a clear stark difference between the like five or six haves and the rest of the have-nots, right? Yeah. There's a difference in the consistency, there's a difference in the NFL talent that's on their team, the difference in playmakers um, and that's a really, really big deal. And, and there's about one or two in each conference and, um, man, the, the, the difference is pretty startling, especially when you, you look at a team like, um, that's pretty good in Penn state and Ohio state is better at every
0: level. Yeah. And one of the things that I've really pulled so far through the first half of our contest this season, Alan, with a confidence pick them, even if there's a game like an Ohio state where I'm going, Hey, I don't necessarily think they're going to dominate, You know, score-wise, I don't think they're going to go out and beat Penn State by 30-plus points. And I think there may be some other teams that could, but, you know, there's also just that kind of looseness factor of, you know, they're not as reliable. I'm sitting here going, these Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, in games, even if they're favored by something like a 10 or 12 points, I'm going – You know, if I have questions at all about some of these other teams, it factored in this past week with Michigan. Michigan was a huge favorite, but I just said, "Ah, I have some questions and I decided to slide some of these other more reliable teams up. And so far, I think through a COVID impacted season that we're going to continue to see, I think that's a really strong principle to be using as we go deeper and deeper into the year.
1: Totally agree. You got to go for the the old comfy jeans that you know, you know what you're going to get every time.
0: <laughs> I like the analogy. Alan, one thing that we have cool available for listeners of the show is if you want to get your reactions into any of these picks, anything that burned you, any advice that we give you that, you know, leads you astray, or if we give you some advice that is really helpful on your board, you can certainly let us know by calling 706-406-3566. That is the blackmail line, and that'll get your voice right here on the blackout with us. Alan, next up, we have a pick em pod. Again, this week, because of a cancellation, 14 games on the board, 105 points available, and this is where we give the listeners our game of the week and our value picks. Any thoughts coming up as we wrap up uh, an exciting week behind us and as we move forward into the next week?
1: Let's go, my man.
0: Absolutely. You can follow us on social media. Alan is at AD on the blackout on Twitter. I'm at TB on the blackout. Additionally, you can find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at the blackout pod. And, of course, if you would rate and review the show, that is one of the things that helps us the most. The five-star ratings are tremendous for the blackout to grow. Alan, thank you so much for your time, sir. Yes, sir.